Welcome to a special episode of 20 Questions on Deadline. My guest today is Daniel Radcliffe, and the questions this week are a little different because we recorded this interview for a piece in our awards line magazine called On My Screen. Radcliffe is currently hard at work in rehearsal for the off-Broadway musical Merrily We Roll Along, and he stars in the film Weird, the Al Yankovic story, which is a kind of surrealist, fictionalised take on the rise to fame of the accordion player and singer. Daniel Radcliffe, welcome to 20 Questions on Deadline. I have to say that I, as a fellow Brit, didn't really know anything about Weird Al way before. (laughs) And I was kind of stunned by what he did. It's just, he's like one of those characters where you're just like, oh that's that's so well weird but um <laughs> you know what he chose to do is is um kind of cool and funny and different um what did you know about him and what was it about the premise for the film that you were like yes I mean I had sort of sort of similar to you kind of a very like cursory knowledge of him being British I'd grown up with I think the first time I ever heard him referenced was in the Simpsons like they referred to him in in a joke and I like heard uh I was I remember hearing that um and then I think because I I am a very big fan of this um comedy songwriter called Tom Lehrer who Al also loves and so I uh I ended up doing like I think at some point I was like online and like downloading songs by him and it directed me to like you might also like uh songs by Weird Al so I think I heard some of the like hits by the time I was like 17 18 like White and Nerdy and Amish Paradise um but when I started dating my girlfriend uh, a decade ago we like her whole family are like devoted Weird Al fans so it Is kind she of American she is American yeah, yeah. she's from yeah but and she her whole like so it became the soundtrack of like Christmas around their house or yeah. New Year or like road trips or whatever there's a lot of weird out played so and then I started hearing more and more and then getting into it on my own because I was like oh this guy's because there is like there are the big sort of famous songs some of which are, are absolutely brilliant um but the more you get into it Al the more like the weirder and the more kind of um complex and lyrically kind of brilliant a lot of the songs become so like yeah I I I very quickly became uh, pretty obsessed on my own how did when you met with them um Eric and Al how did they explain it to you oh so yeah sorry you asked about the premise um so I before I met with Eric and Al I had read the script and I was from the because I I got the the offer came through on the email of like to play Weird Al and I knew enough about Al by that point to be like okay like I'm very flattered but also why me like I'm not particularly physically close to him like what's going on and then um like a page in or two I think on the first page you have the like the grizzled narrator's voice and that whole voiceover and so it very quickly becomes like oh this is this is what Weird Al's movie like the only thing it could be which is a parody of uh, biopic like movies um and so as soon as I knew that was the joke I was like oh right okay and I have free reign to like not look particularly like him or like just create this other character that is like based on him in some ways but also just goes into this sort of mutant crazy unhinged version of him um and yeah so when I knew what I was getting into I was very very quickly in so by the time I spoke to Eric and Al 
I mean, it was really just us getting to know each other and saying hi and how much we, how much I love the script. It was, uh, they didn't really have to talk me into it at all. I can imagine the conversation with your girlfriend was her going, you have to do this. Well, it was, yes, but uh, I, I was, I was, I, as I said, I didn't take much convincing at that point, but it, it was immediately like, I knew like, she's she's very supportive. I, I am and very biased. So like, I was pretty sure she would like the film. I was like, genuinely nervous about how her dad and brother like if they would like it and they did which was amazing we got we got a, a text like so soon after the film came out that they had watched so I was I was that made me very happy oh that's nice that's cool and it had these amazing cameos like just an endless cast of you're like oh my god every five minutes is like someone amazing. Yeah. That was the experience of being on set with it as well, because you every you know few scenes someone new would come in. You're like, oh shit, they're in the film and they're playing that part. Like that's like Josh Groban is my personal favorite, just because it really comes out of nowhere. And yeah, it's great. So even you were taken aback by new cast members coming in. You're like, wait. <laughs> well, particularly, particularly the the pool party scene is yeah. is was like so many people whose comedy I have loved in various ways like growing up like Jack Black like I made Jack Black laugh at one point um when oh. he was on camera and that the you know 11 12 13 year old boy in me was just like oh my god I, I can't believe I have just achieved that um Yorma Taconi and Akiva of Lonely Island like Dimitri Martin like there there are so many I mean yeah Conan O'Brien came down for like 15 minutes and then had to go and shoot his show like it was that's <laughs> I think the, the whole film did feel like a celebration, like even in the making of it felt like a celebration of Al. And that was one of those scenes because because literally there's nobody else in the world that that many random, that many incredible but random comedians would turn up for on a yeah. you know, day afternoon to shoot for. And everyone just like wanted to be a part of it. So, yeah, it was really it was very cool. So cool. And you had to learn the accordion to some extent, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I didn't have to no uh, people repeatedly told me I didn't have to but I was just like I don't know it's hard when you're preparing for a film there's very little you can do other than just like running the lines and practicing scenes and working on like that kind of stuff like I'm not a method actor I'm not somebody who works in some super intense way so one of the only things you can do is like I don't know prepare in whatever way you can um and, and so I was just like I I I, I do think it helps me kind of get into character in some weird way um but yeah I it was playing the accordion definitely became like a feature of my life for a few months I cannot really do it um but I can so I can hard I can, it's so hard um <laughs> but I can like I can do the left hand on a couple of songs like my Bologna um and uh the right hand on a few songs as well but I cannot do both at the same time like that my my uncoordinated brain just like cannot make that happen I mean yeah that's yeah no too much um yeah. <laughs> I just want to say I really like how you've pursued these kinds of roles where you make fun of yourself there's not you don't bring your ego to the role you're in a way you're like I'm going to just be crazy and I'm going to choose this weird, strange thing that doesn't make me look like this, you know, super leading man type. And I really like that. I like that you've done that. You were actually in a movie with my friend Thomas in The Lost City. Oh, Thomas Paul Johnson. Oh, my fucking God. His I wife is like, we've Thomas. known each other forever. Oh, Sophie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, yeah. 
they are awesome yeah. people. I've worked with, uh, so me and Thomas now have a weird multiverse trilogy that we've done in a year, because he he was in Lost City, and then he's in Weird in the, in the kitchen scene, and then I also got him, I got him, um, I recommended him for a part in Miracle Workers in the latest season. Um, I which think I he thought, mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, it's the most probably bizarre thing he's ever done. Um, <laughs> and it basically did involve me riding on his shoulders like for days at a time, basically. Well, he you know? is massive and very strong, so. You know, it's not, that's why I, I read this part and it was like so specific. I was like, there's one person that I know that can do this. Um, but yeah, Thomas is Thomas is the best. That's brilliant. I'll tell him you said hi. I'm going to see him this weekend. Um, all right. So let's get into the the. Um, the fun oh. random questions. Okay, um, yeah. okay, so what was your first film lesson? The first thing you learned on a set that really struck you? It could be in any sense in terms of when I say lesson. I mean, there's, I'm sure if I thought for longer, there would be other stuff. But the thing that like, the thing I remember actually was just like, um, there was, a lot of the crew of the first Potter film had come from, I'm not going to name the film that they had come from or the actor, but they'd come from a film um, with a like very notoriously hard to work with lead actor. Mm. Um, and then we also had on that those first few movies, a, a very legendary um, ass assistant director from the British film industry called Michael Stevenson, who had worked with and knew Michael Caine really well. Mm. And listening to the difference between how uh, the crew talked about like bad actor and how the crew talked about Michael Caine, um, I think taught me a lot about like how you want to go about your, how you want to be on a set and the, and how actors can really, um, actors have a huge amount of responsibility for the general tone and mood of the set um, it's not solely down to them there's other people that it's it's incumbent upon as well but um but I feel like when you're a kid definitely you really pick up on th that um and it yeah that definitely like leaves an impression mm, yeah no that makes sense yeah um what's the best advice you've ever received um I think, again, I'm just going to go with the first thing that comes to mind. Um, my dad always told me, uh, well, there were two, two, two things that he sort of said to me when I was young that I was like, those have actually been real uh, things that I've gone back to again and again. Um, he said, like, when you meet people, try and, like, get your hand out first to shake them, just like show that kind of uh eagerness and and i think particularly because like of what people expect child stars to be like or child actors to be there's like in trying to dispel that as quickly as possible that was something that was i think useful i don't know uh, and then um the other thing he said to me you know was early on ish like later than that but early on was um you know they'll always be somebody being waited for on a film set and like all you like all you can do is try and make sure it's not you and like I just I think that's a really I know it's really simple advice but like 
really underrated qualities in actors are like being there on time and knowing your lines and, and like knowing how to be on a film set um and uh so i think like uh yeah th those are things that like come to mind I i'm yeah. sure there's actors that would give much better like acting lessons but that's i'm just never going to be the person to i whatever i don't really have a technique i just have like whatever i've learned whatever i've done um, over the last 20 years however long yeah I think that's good advice, though, you know, um, just basic manners and never letting any of the things get to your head and yeah, always show up. Those are the things that really, um, you know, I, I said something like this earlier, but actors have a huge amount of sway over how that, um, how a set feels. And for the crew, they spend hours and weeks and months on these sets. So, like, actors have the ability to make people's lives really really shit or like objectively like fun or better or like at least or at least not terrible um so like i i think that's it's i think the experience of making films is is honestly as important as how they turn out so yeah i love that yeah um what is the part you always wanted whether it's happened already or it's not yet happened I don't think I, I haven't got like a fantasy part that I um, have like been yearning for because it's so hard to predict. Like there's not, there's not been like a book or a, a comic book or something that I've gone like, oh, I wish I could have done that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one to answer. I've never really sort of thought it because it's so hard to predict what is going to come to you to read that I don't really spend time going like oh wouldn't it be nice if there was something like this out there because you know because I would never have predicted like Swiss Army Man or weird um but yeah uh so yeah I'm not sure I've got like ones that I'm yearning after okay um what's a dream project I mean I would love to direct um so like I've uh I have written something which I'm sort of in the process of trying to get made. Mm. Uh, Can you say anything that, about it? Like no, it's so, it's so early. Yeah. I'm not no, it's like I wouldn't a even film. Like to, You're talking about yeah, a film. It would, okay. it would be a film. Yeah, absolutely. Um and yeah, I so that's like I love being on sets, like I love film sets and um be I feel like I've hopefully like learned enough over the the time I've had on set so far to have a sense of how to uh, lead one and and run one and uh, yeah I would just I I think I I think I'd love it so fingers crossed that well, I hope that happens yeah cool. me too um what is the most fun you've ever had on a set um ah uh, that's very hard I mean weird was incredibly fun um the the diner fight scene with that Thomas is in um is you know was just awesome we only had four hours to shoot the whole thing and the stunt team were incredible my stunt double Andrew was phenomenal I got to like jump in and do bits and just like when you're doing that kind of stuff and it's like chaos and you're against the clock but it's going really well and it is that's really really exciting um and I would say generally Swiss Army Man. Um, it was incredibly fun just because of 
the Daniels and and how they make films and the the feeling on their set. Um, but also like, you know, Potter was also incredibly fun. Like I was a kid getting to play around on some of the craziest, amazing sets. And um, yeah, so I, I, I've had, I've had a lot of like really, I got to do a lot of fun stuff in my career. So I'm very, uh, yeah, very lucky. I, I went to one of the Harry Potter sets um, and it, just on one of those press days. Oh, right. And this is so many years ago. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was the most amazing. Honestly, those the McGonagall is it McGonagall? I'm going to say it wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, her was... classroom. Up those it had little windy stairs, and then you would go up into this little pod that just would transformed into this ancient little wooden classroom. <laughs> That's crazy. the other thing about those sets is they were so detailed, and you would have yeah. rooms going up rooms, and like, yeah, they. I mean. They pre. I, I've been on some great films since, but I, I was really spoiled by uh, by the production design on the Harry Potter films. Like they they were like unbelievable. Sets. Next level. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, the the Chamber of Secrets is still. I think that's yeah. It's 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 ridiculous what they did with that. It was it was so cool. <laughs> um, what has been your toughest challenge yet? I mean. <sighs> Does it have to be on film? You can say anything you feel. Um, um, I did I did a, a musical um, 10 years ago, which required a lot of dancing. Um, and I'm not like naturally uh, great at that. Um, but yeah, I did, I, like that was something that I like felt very sort of fulfilled. Like I went from being, abjectly terrible to like okay doing a broadway show and not sucking um but like it, that i was i was very proud of that um i think there's also like there's you know every job has its own challenge i remember i i remember the, the thing i was panicked the most about before i started was um was on swiss army man because i was playing this like magical corpse who was coming to life but was not a zombie so it's somehow distinct from that and I knew that I loved the script and wanted to play the part, but I didn't really know how to play the part. And I was just like, you know, in my bathroom, just looking in the mirror, doing weird faces and experimenting with voices and feeling completely ridiculous and not knowing how that, how you know, and I was like, oh, I'm set in three days. I'm filming in five. Like, what am I going to, you know, what's, how is this going to work? And then immediately getting there and being like in the hands of those directors and just realizing, oh, they know exactly what they want. All I have to do is like, let them tell me and and do it as they tell me. Like it's a, it was a real lesson. Like sometimes you just have to, if you just put yourself in the hands of directors who absolutely know what they want and have a vision, then you'd be fine. Yeah. Um, so, what are the films that make you cry? Um, I mean, I remember the first the first film that uh, my girlfriend remembers me crying at. We'd been together for about like a year and a half or two years, uh, and she had never seen me cry in any context. At that point, is not something that generally happens a lot. Um, 
And then we watched the, uh, there's a documentary called Undefeated um, about an American high school football team in Tennessee, I think. Um, and I cried three times at three completely separate things in about the last 40 minutes of the film. Um, and uh, yeah, it was like, so the, that's a long way of saying sports movies and particularly sports documentaries. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. I've not heard that answer before. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is the character that's most like you personally? Um, there's probably more. I mean, yeah. There's. I, I I wish it was one of the more interesting characters that I played, but it's probably just um, Wallace, this character I played in, in this rom com. What if um, we're not completely alike, but he's like in 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 tone and manner is basically like I'm not I'm I'm doing very little acting in that film. <laughs> I've seen that film, so now I'm going to have to rewatch it. <laughs> uh, now, yeah, I'm racking my brains to be like, wait, I'm sure he does a pretty terrible thing. So, like, ignore them. I don't. I wouldn't. <laughs> Um, okay, so I I could probably guess at what you're going to say to the next one, but I might be wrong. Maybe you'll surprise me. Um, what is your most quoted role, as in the role that fans quote at you? Um, no, you no, you, you you're correct in your guess. I would love to be like people are shouting "Escape from Pretoria" things at me, but um, <laughs> no, um, uh, yes, it's absolutely Harry Potter. Although I will say. Interestingly, the two, the things outside of, and it's also, it's not something that people don't really quote it at me. Like, I feel like people often think that I'm getting like Harry, like very, I mean, I'm sure somebody drunk at some point in my life has shouted, you're a wizard, Harry, at me. But like, it is not, it is not a, it's not a, a common occurrence. Um, that's not a dare to people out there, just for the record. Well, um, <laughs> Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think other than Potter, um, which people just more just generally want to talk about, um, it would probably be Swiss Army Man or, and, and I think possibly that is the future of weird. I think I'm going to get like, uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of weird references uh, and I'm very okay with that. So when, when you say that fans don't necessarily quote Harry Potter at you, is it because, uh, you know, there's not, he's not really known for a specific phrase? Yeah, there's not really a catchphrase. I think yeah. that's the thing, the closest is like Hagrid telling him you're a wizard, Harry, but I think, but, um, and very occasionally if somebody tries something that's like a little more obscure than that, I just look at them like they're insane because I haven't got it. And I'm just like, what, wait, what are we saying? Um, that definitely happened a couple of times when people have made a Harry Potter reference that they assume I would get immediately. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's been a while. I don't know all the, all the things anymore. Um, mm -hmm. um, well, you just mentioned Hagrid and, and you know, obviously um, I just wanted to offer my condolences because of the loss um, that you've suffered recently. And I'm sure it must be really difficult to think about that now. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's not, you know, I it's, it is a lot of other people's loss before it is mine. I'm slightly, just slightly um, ill at ease with that phrase. Just um, mm -hmm. I, 
um, but I, but thank you. It's 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 appreciated. Robbie was um, an incredible man, and like particularly, I mean, my memories of him always were lovely. But when we were young, young kids as well, and you know, required entertaining on set in a way that you don't when you're a, a bit older. Um, yeah. I think he was very aware of that, and Robbie was also like a dad who was very good at making his own kids laugh. I'm sure. So like, he knew how to make some young uh, hyperactive kids very very entertained on on set and was well yeah it was lovely I mean the the thing with Robbie's uh, passing and you know uh, Helen's and uh, Alan's and Richard you know and the list goes on and on unfortunately um yeah it's we we were all really young when we met these amazing people and so there is just going to be this strange procession through mm -hmm. um, through our, our lives and it does it it feels really yeah it, it feels very odd um yeah but also you know incredibly lucky to have been able to work with him and, and all those other people like what an amazing thing to 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 have that yeah absolutely um what are your desert island movies um so uh, there's a movie called A Matter of Life and Death um, by Powell and Pressburger, I believe. And uh, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. And um, starring David Niven and a bunch of other amazing actors. And it's brilliant. It is just so wild to me every time I watch it that that movie was made, I think, in the 40s. Um, and it's just, it is so far ahead of its time. Like, it, it feels... I would say they could remake it now, but I just ne hope no one ever does. Um, and uh, 12 Angry Men, I always loved. I sort of grew up watching. I, that was a really important film for me in terms of showing, you know, what film could be and what and how you could tell stories and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and um, what else? I mean, uh, Doctor Strangelove was sort of always one of my favorites as well um and then i'm trying to think of something from more recent times honestly like anchorman um mm. like that was uh, a, a big film for me at a certain point in my life i don't know how many times i would have watched that um and yeah i'm trying to think yeah how, how many desert island films have i got that's, I feel like that's pretty good now. you've got four that's pretty right, good yeah. <laughs> most people can't think of four so okay well great the game. <laughs> um what are your guilty on-screen pleasures? Like things that you're kind of slightly embarrassed that you watch? The only... It could be it TV, it doesn't have to be film. Yeah, I think, well, okay, here's the thing that I was almost gonna say for my last Desert Island film, but it can, it will, I suppose, qualify as a guilty pleasure, is the, the um, early 2000s teen uh, high school rom-com, Get Over It. Which is a film that I saw in the cinema. And so I thought it was a really big movie and have continued to think that up until quite recently when I've gone, like, all right, nobody else really knows this film. Um, but it is also, it, I love this film anyway. Um, it is, if you like Martin Short in Only Murders in the Building, it is like that character on So Much Cocaine. It is, uh, it is just an. <laughs> incredible performance 
Um, everyone is in this film, genuinely. Ben Foster, Colin Hanks, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Mila Kunis is like got a ridiculous cast. Um, and it's the film that on so the the night my girlfriend and I met for the first time, um, we were at a Kill Your Darlings event because mm -hmm. of the film uh, with mm -hmm. Ben Foster, who's playing Burroughs. And um, we were both off to the side and suddenly like at one point turned to each other like, I'm a huge Ben Foster fan from the movie Get Over It and realized that we both loved this film that no one else knew. Um, and so it's probably the film I have rewatched more than any of the things that I said were like my like Desert Island films. Um, so yeah, that, that can be my guilty pleasure. Also the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise. <laughs> I love how you threw those in as though I would- I'm throwing that in at the end and we can just move <laughs> on. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that cute story. That it's what Americans would call a meat cute. It is a meat. It was that was our meat cute, yes. Yeah, very nice. Um, last one. Who would play you in the biopic of your life? I mean, this is a super easy one for me. I feel almost bad that I've given this answer so much because I'm I always think he probably gets asked about it then as well. But Elijah Wood, it's just like the obvious uh it's a given. Choice. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to go the route Al goes and and cast somebody who doesn't look like me. I feel like the easiest way is just like cast somebody who I get constantly mistaken for, and I'm sure he does as well. Which I'm sorry, but yeah. I think there's some memes on the internet out there with your pictures side by side for sure. Um, it's, yeah, we're, we're of a type. What What's like a funny time where someone got the got you mistaken for Elijah? I really enjoyed one um, the other day because I was just I generally one of my favorite versions of like uh, the uh, don't I know you from somewhere or that kind of thing interaction is if when someone's in a car and, and they're driving by that's always quite fun because it's just like a hit and run recognition and, and <laughs> kind of easy. Um, but this guy the other day was like driving past and you just like shouted out the car window like hey Frodo I love the, I love your work or something like that and then drove off and I was just like and I just went like great thank you and you know, <laughs> uh, oh yeah. that's so good I love it um now that guy's probably super happy telling everyone who met Frodo yeah that's the thing I, that, I you're always like it's, there's no point ruining it don't burst the bubble right yeah, he's having a good day on the fact that he's met Elijah Woods so why would I screw that up for him <laughs> well Dan it has been such a pleasure talking with you thank you so much for taking yeah, no the time worries. and best of luck with the play I know it's going to be great so yeah thank you it's crossed enjoy. yeah it's nerve-wracking right now but it will be it will, it'll be great yeah thank you again Daniel Radcliffe don't forget to check out the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and read our awards line magazine at deadline.com.